0: I was down in Melbourne recently and I had to visit a friend who'd lived in Kooyong near the tennis complex where a major tournament was on. At the club was a big sign that said free parking for the first 20 Jaguars. Now I was driving a 1988 XJ Sovereign with their characteristic pepperpot wheels. It looked pretty good but was not quite in concourse condition. I didn't try to get a privileged spot. But there is something about driving some older classic cars, and on that weekend I drove three old Jaguars, and I loved it. Is that just me? Well, to talk about the glory days of this style of motoring, I have on the line Les Hughes, who is the editor of Jaguar magazine worldwide. Les, thanks very much for your time.
1: Uh, My pleasure, David.
0: Would I have been accepted amongst the fraternity with my older car, do you think?
1: You absolutely would.
0: (laughs) I think they might have had a great respect for the car, given its tradition.
1: Well, there's a lot of love for the older ones, and it doesn't matter how far back you go, really. Uh, there's a lot of aficionados out there, and there's a lot of people today who have a second or a third car as a hobby or whatever they want to do. And that's exactly where they fit in.
0: Now, my brother-in-law he's not super rich, or he has a, quite a large extended family, so he's got a lot of things to do. He just loves the cars and loves to look after them. And one of the things was with the V12 Jaguar, he looks after the engine particularly well. And if you do that, it's a fantastic engine.
1: It's an amazing engine, David, and a lot of people are scared of it. They open the bonnet and they look in there and they see this huge power plant. But it's beautifully made. It's undistressed. Basically will never wear out as long as you service it. Don't let them overheat. That's the biggest problem. People don't replace hoses and whatever and they lose the water and that's when they have an issue. But if you look after it, it'll keep you going forever.
0: I must confess, when I got in the XJS, I opened the boot and there were tools there, so um, (laughs) I I don't think that necessarily represented the fact it was going to break down, but it did represent the fact that he did keep them handy so that he could uh, do all that was necessary. The 88 Sovereign, it used to be a wedding car. It just has that cool elegance about it that tours around like a lounge chair you felt very good in it
1: yeah again look it's the ride in them um it's the style it's the size and basically when you're talking that car they went back to, up until 1968 when they were introduced and sir william lyons the founder of the company who styled most of the cars that was the last car that he ever styled and created and he said it was his best
0: The boot sort of narrows down a bit. We toured with my uh, brother-in-law one time. He's a great guy to tour with. We had four in the car because he's fantastic at packing a boot because the Jaguar (laughs) boots are not, you know, they're not a big square tall tail that allows you huge amounts of room. But anyway, the XJS convertible sports car. I had to drive it down to the holiday resort place of Phillip Island. It was just, when you got in it with the timber dash and that, it created a great feeling for me. And you know what? It wasn't so much because I remember it. We never had were rich enough to have one when we were young. But it just reminded me of what I would have strived to achieve.
1: The same thing, really. They're they're a grand touring car. They were introduced in 75. And for a long, long time, people cried out to have a convertible or at least a partly open car. Finally they delivered the goods because the company in America um, was actually building them and they were very popular and then Jaguar took it on themselves and that is probably the most graceful style of XJS of all of them.
0: I think so. The back doesn't have that turret look that you get in the hard top coupe. It obviously has not have that because of the fold down roof. But the back looks almost like one of those old-fashioned speedboats, that lovely sort of tail on it. Uh, it was a very enjoyed driving. The thing that I really enjoyed about it was it was a sort of car that prompted a conversation with other motorists, including guys on touring motorbikes. It was one you could stop and have a bit of a chat about.
1: It's a funny thing, isn't it? Because you drive them and enjoy them, but I don't think a lot of people or most people think it's a snobby thing or anything like that. At least these days, they know that you're an enthusiast of some sort, and it's a car that you're looking after and and treasure. And that brings all sorts of people around. I mean, often I find that you pull up at a service station and stick some petrol in, and there's a bloke there in a van, and he wants to have a talk, and it goes on and on.
0: You have a couple of old Jags?
1: I'm down to one. (laughs) Um, I've got a 96X300 which was the first of the supercharged saloons and I absolutely adore it.
0: We've had a test drive of a couple of the new ones recently including the F-Type and the F-Pace, which Mm. is uh, rather nice as well. But I like the F-Pace and the F-Type because of the tail lights have that characteristic that is a little bit of the old E-Type about them.
1: Yes, absolutely. And can I just tell you a little something which is one of my favorite stories. The only reason the Jaguar can build all of their aluminium cars, and that includes F-Pace, F-Type, or everything that they do now and Land Rover, is because a fellow in Brisbane invented a self-piercing rivet, and from that Jaguar was able to build a rivet that doesn't need drilling first, it self-pierces and it goes halfway through the second layer, locks it in, and that then enabled them to build aluminium cars.
0: <laughs> what a lovely story.
1: hmm yeah, the fellow's still alive here in Brisbane, and uh, is he? I think he, get, I think he gets a percentage of every rivet that's made. So
0: really, it's like the guy who invented the spout on milk uh, cartons. <laughs> yeah, they made half a cent per spout or what have you, and, and he's a squillionaire now. Now, talking about prices, I think, really, the these Jaguars are starting to get a bit of interest in them. In fact, some of the you know E-types and that, of course, have really uh, skyrocketed. What about the perhaps not best as well-known, the Sovereigns, and that's still a good way of getting into a second-hand car?
1: Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Series 2, Series 3... Series 1 XJs are getting a little bit difficult to find parts for, body parts for. Mm. Series 2, there are plenty. Series 3, and they'll deliver you all of the luxury and all of the fun that you want. And as you said earlier, they're pretty simple to maintain and work on. There's no electronics or anything like that. So... You get the best of both worlds.
0: And the other thing is, if you buy it for that, you might be able to buy a small new car for the same price, but in 10 years' time, the Jag will still be worth that sort of money, if not more, whereas your new car would have depreciated.
1: Yep, yeah, I think that the, all those Jaguars have gone down as far as they're going to go. The big secret, of course, with anything that you buy second-hand is to get it checked out by an expert and just have a good look at it to make sure, before you even start, that it is a good car that's been maintained. That's the big trick.
0: One of his other cars he's just uh, bought was a 2.4 litre 57 Mark 1. Mm. It's been a long while since I've driven a car with steel wheels and no hubcaps. (laughs) uh,
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, that was my very first car was a 2.4 Mark 1. Really? Yeah, Yeah, I love them. They're, They're going up in value too
0: this uh, had a manual gearbox and the swing of the gear lever was a bit like a forehand in tennis. It, it did yeah. cover a big area, but uh, again, it just had that ambience, that elegance about it, which wasn't over the top. And We just don't see in that wood panelling anymore. We see a little bit of wood inserts, but as far as across the whole dash, we just don't see it now, do we?
1: No, we sure don't. And and that really carried on, with Jake, it was for a long time. And As you say, now you can get uh, you can get the wood, but you, and it's not as lavish as it used to be, but you can get aluminium and you can get carbon fibre look-alike and all that sort of stuff now. So if you step back into the 50s, 60s through to the 80s, um, you are still getting a bit of that old-world elegance.
0: Mm, indeed it is. Les, lovely to talk to you. Thank you very much for your time.
1: Good on you, David. Thank you so much.
0: And that's Les Hughes from uh, Jaguar magazine. He's the editor worldwide. And we were talking about some old Jaguars, oldish Jaguars, in driving them round and just exuding the character of that mark.